Welcome to Pearson Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 259. Yeah. We're almost to 260. That's incredible. You know, it's funny. When <laughs> we first started the podcast, I felt like you were the one excited about the numbers. And then now I'm like, yeah, 259. That's one away from 260. That's an interesting fact for you. Yeah, well, I don't, well, back in the so those some of you are brand new. You're like, what is Mike talking about? So there was a time, in probably episodes one through a hundred, if you haven't caught it yet, that I would try to bring something magical about each number. Yeah, it's like eighty-seven. Eighty-seven is the number of flowers that are present <laughs> in front of some special building, and yeah, it was it was a little much. But uh, but hey, I'm excited about two fifty nine. I'm excited. This is an update episode, jam packed with information. Make sure you stay through to the end. Uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, we're going to be talking all the way from our own updates to eBay fossil or update dropped a week ago and our analysis of it, talking about some video game market fraud, a lot of, a lot of good stuff, a lot of positive stuff out there. So, uh, Hey, I'll start us off. Cause I always ask you first of all, Hey, how are things going? So I'm going to say, Hey, Orlando, how are things going? Hey, Orlando, how are things going? So I, again, I, I'm sure that, you know, Comment below what your thoughts are on this, but I got to tell you, I've not been listening. I mean, I still, still, you're still uh, buying though. Does I'm that still, mean that death pile is just growing out of control. Uh, yes, that is true. That is true. Now, here's the thing. I've been incredibly, incredibly, incredibly busy with life. I, you know, again, Mike and I are very big on the fact that we would love to scale, but our families take priority. So, you know, I got my two boys and I'm noticing that this stage in life, having somebody who's in high school and having somebody that's in the upper elementary grades, there's a lot of responsibility, a lot going on. I myself, uh, if you don't know, I do teach super, super part-time. Uh, last year, I was only teaching one class for 90 minutes a week, and now I'm teaching three classes. So literally my whole Monday is spent you know, in a classroom teaching classes. And I'm not doing this, you know, to get, you know, to be able to pay the bills and stuff. It's just, I love doing it and it was a great opportunity. And so it allowed me to actually do what my first love is and, and it's teaching, right? It's passion. I love reselling, but I've always said, like, if I could be like this PhD guy that travels the world and gives lectures and gets paid for it, like I would do it. Oh, what's holding you back, man? Uh, gotta have a mission phd that's gonna take me like three to five years i have to ignore everybody and yeah. hang out with a bunch of dead people and documents yeah and like, the further uh, you get into academia no no uh shame to any of our uh any of our doctors that are listening not medical doctors but like phd like academic doctors uh i feel like the further you get in that field man definitely the weirder it gets like it's just oh, yeah. you're so it's focused true. in on one thing and like you almost you almost have to become detached from reality well that's what i mean that's what uh, that's what it would take and anyways i don't want to get too much into it but in order for to finish uh my phd i'd have to actually travel to parts of spain parts of bolivia parts of peru it would take a lot of work sounds terrible i mean well, it, it would sounds be good man why don't you just do that and i was travel fun, but i would have to like ignore my family and i can't do that maybe you should start your own college maybe we start maybe we start the uh Hustler University. Re reseller. We're not you. selling courses, man. Come on now. Re okay. Reseller you and you can get your your bachelor's, unaccredited bachelor's in reselling. It'd be like a trade school. <laughs> unaccredited. Okay. But I mean, who cares let, about let, accreditation anyways? You know what I'm saying? All right. Anyways. So the reason I've not been listening is because now I do have my helper that is currently listening. So that's We're been still part calling of helpers. Yes. Yes, we are. And so, you know, I just dropped off a ton of clothes and, and that, that should be coming up here soon. But here's what I'm finding. I said this before. 
sell through, sell through, sell through. I've been accepting all kinds of, and they've been solid offers. I mean, I, I do have somebody that I'm going to talk about. I call them the nagging buyer uh, when we get to our random stories. Uh, but sales have been up. I, I've, I've just been impressed. I think part of it is we're now entering Q4 and, and we're going to, I think, reach this phase where people are really looking uh, for for items that they can't find somewhere else. And it's going to be on eBay. And we're going to talk about this actually in our mini so dropping this Monday about our predictions for Q4. So I'll give you a sneak preview. Uh, I do think that the secondary market is going to play a larger part in this Q4 than ever before. And I'll talk about that on that episode that we drop on Monday. So yeah, sales have been uh, coming through. <laughs> garage sales, man, I got to tell you, I love garage sales. Like I've been going to garage sales again. Remember that was that month. I got sick. I couldn't go anywhere. Last two weeks I've been going and they haven't been like home run garage sales, but I just love getting out there. I love the stuff I find. Uh, I love I love the negotiation piece. Uh, I love talking to people. It's just it's been just a great experience. And so, if you haven't caught my latest YouTube's of garage sales, go check them out. Uh, they've been some scores. I mean, I, and here's the thing: the items I've been picking up, I've been making my money back within a couple of days, right? So everything after that is profit, right? Five to six hundred dollars. Again, they weren't home runs, but still making five to six hundred dollars net on you know a three hour run in garage sales can't beat that. And then uh, Amazon's been picking up. I don't know what is going on, but people are are buying toys now. Hmm. And so we'll talk about that on Monday mini so too. So that's pretty much what's been going on with me. How about you? Yeah, so I'm still kind of on my uh, every other Saturday kick right now. Um, going to garage sales is definitely like the highlight of reselling to me. Garage sales, thrift stores sometimes it's been it's been way more missed than uh, than hit around here for for thrift stores for me. But uh you know, the thing is, I have to be realistic. And I know that I had to take so much time off with my wife being pregnant and then mm -hmm. having a newborn and not sleeping and all those things that come with that, that listing just kind of took a back seat. And unlike you, we have a relatively smaller store, right? We Our store kind of hovers around 500 or so uh, listings. And so when we don't have as many listings, not listing definitely is detrimental to our store, agreed, right? Agreed. Sales really start to slow down. And we we noticed that as we've been listing more over the last couple of weeks, sales have been coming through. And there's definitely something to be said about, I don't know what it is. I don't think it's just that I've gotten better at sourcing, which I think that may play a role in it. But I think that when you list something new and it's like a new item, it tends to sell a lot faster. I mean, I have to think like good items that have kind of sat for a long time and then I'll list something and it sells that week. And it's like, man, I've got like 400 items that have been listed for you know, months and months and months and months and there haven't been any hits on it's it. It's so. Yeah. eBay likes it. Like the moment you list something and if it sells, eBay likes it. And I do think that the algorithm pushes it. Yeah. So the newer stuff definitely seems to be doing better, which again is motivation to list. And, and of course, we still have, you know, like the random one off like stuff from a long time ago that sells. So it's not that you, you won't sell older stuff. But so my every other Saturday current routine is one Saturday I go garage selling record a video, upload that kind of of my haul. And then the next Saturday, I spend taking pictures, lots of pictures, helping with some listings. And then my wife throughout the week posts the listings. And that kind of keeps that consistent activity on the, the store. And it pretty much makes sure that we have like, I'll, I'll just spend several hours and take like 50 to 70 pictures. And then throughout the week, we start posting those, mm -hmm. right? And then it doesn't quite carry us through. It's like not like we have enough to do like 10 postings every day or five postings every day. 
for two weeks, but it gets us pretty close enough to keep the activity going on the store. And then I go sourcing and the next week I take pictures and we do it all over again. So we've definitely seen an increase in sales from that. Uh, and, and that's been nice. I mean, so it, it gives me that motivation. I, I want to get out there. When I see those garage sale signs, I'm just like, dang it, it's my listing week, right? But once I get through my entire death pile, then I can I can go a little bit harder on sourcing, right? I can source for two, three, four weeks straight until I've got enough of a death pile that it's like, no, I need to take a break from from sourcing. And the nice thing is Q4 is coming around the corner and things kind of change a little bit. So the way we source is going to change. So it won't be as mandatory for me to give up a Saturday morning for garage sales, which will be nice. Uh, but I'll definitely miss garage sales during that time. But yeah, I mean, things have been going good. We've been uh, definitely getting a lot of sales. My last garage sale uh, did pretty good. I picked up, um, if you didn't catch the video, check it out. It was pretty good. I just showed like basically the haul. Picked up a whole bunch of like collector stuff, like a bunch of Coca-Cola. Uh, Johnny Lightning is the brand, I think, that made the company that makes Johnny Lightning uh, cars. So there's all these Coca-Cola cars, some Coca-Cola like cars with like, I think it was a uh, calendar, the calendar lady special editions or something. And there's like four or five of those, a bunch of bigger ones, a bunch of Buddy L bigger things. And I picked up this whole, it was so many. He ended up just giving me a, a laundry basket that we just threw everything in. And I had to like do it twice. I had to go empty it out in my car and come back and fill up more stuff. And then and the cool thing on there is, and I mentioned, I think, on the previous podcast, but the cookie maker that I found. Oh, yeah, the Otis Spunkmeyer. Oh, yeah, I got an Otis Spunkmeyer cookie maker. And the crazy thing is, as I was walking up, I saw it. But just looking at it from, like, the angle I was walking up, it just kind of, it didn't it didn't really catch my eye. I was just like, mm. oh, that's a big piece of, like, equipment. And, but I see all these collectibles. So I'm looking at collectibles. And I saw he had a Harley jacket hanging up. So I'm, like, looking at all this stuff. And as I was leaving, I saw the the, the, Did you brand get the Harley jacket. I didn't know he wanted like 40 for it. And it looked like they were only going for like 60 for the kind that it was, uh, it was like a vest jacket thing. OK, um, so it just there wasn't enough, you know, profit for me there. But as I'm walking away and I see I'm like, Otis Spunkmeyer. OK, I'll look that up and I look it up and I'm like, holy cow, these things are selling for like $300 a piece used. Right. I saw a new one that sold for close to a thousand dollars. So as I'm walking, I've got this basket and I've got my phone on it and I'm like, searching it because you know sometimes you don't want to like be right over something searching it and so as i'm walking to my car there's like two or three other resellers walking up and i'm that's when how I do you know the there are resellers you know you know the way they're walking like if it's just like a person walking in the neighborhood like taking a neighborhood was he like on a mission is but that if what they saying? pull up their car really fast and like they jump out and another person like pulls up and tried to like get in the same spot and then they pull in front and they jump out and they're walking really quick and one person's yelling hey you got any video game you know like that kind of oh. stuff so i'm like and one of them stops and looks at the the cookie maker. So as he's like kind of like looking at it, I run up and I'm like, how much for the uh, nice. for the cookie maker? And the guy's like 30 bucks. I didn't even haggle him. I was like, done. Here you go. Yeah, right. You like, gotta move quick. Uh, I'm taking this before this guy's like, I'll give you 50. So um, I, I was able to snag it, which is nice. And I picked up a bunch of manga. And the nice thing is those toys and the manga listing and taking pictures of those. I realized like this is why I don't pick up as many clothes. Right. Like it is so fast to just like take a, a hot wheel in a package, take a pictures from a bunch of angles, boom, put it in the box, pull up the next one. Or same thing with manga. Like the manga was so fast. You take a picture, flip it over, show the condition of the pages next. Right. Whereas like clothing and stuff like that. So I think I'm definitely shifting the things that I'm uh, I'm starting it, to buy. It's so funny because I'm the other way. I look for clothing first at, at everything. So it reminded me of uh, I went to an estate sale and you guys that follow us on Instagram caught that story. But I, it's interesting. I go to the state estate sale and unfortunately I hate it when I'm late to something, you know, that's the story of my life. So I literally was like maybe five minutes late 
and I'm upstairs and this is a whole house. Right. And I love it when it's not a real estate company. Right. It's just like the family just trying to move stuff and there's no prices. So I see this pile of rain spooner shirts and I've talked about rain spooner shirts and I start going through it. And I'm like, I'm just seeing the dollars. Right. And they're cool shirts, too. Right. And then I see the lady go, hey, those are mine. I'm like, oh, what do you mean? All these in a pile here on hangers away. Oh, and I didn't say away from you, but, you know, I was kind of insinuating. She's like, yeah, I put those there. And I was like, all right. OK, whatever. Right. But then, you know, I go across there and I find, you know, I find a bunch of vintage clothing. And one of the pieces I found was a vintage 90s San Antonio Spurs, a champion shooting shirt. And, you know, I I, so I put that all together. I found some cowboy boots. I found a mixture and I put it up. And, And here's what I loved is that I always say bundle everything, but it's weird. Sometimes people don't look through the bundle. So I put everything in a bundle and, and the lady's like hundred bucks. And I'm like, uh, how about, how about, can we work on that a little bit? And she's like 90. I'm like, how about 80? Like, no, 90. I'm like, how about 80? No, 90. And at the same time that it's all going on, I see my buddy Kyle. And I don't know if you guys have heard me talk about Kyle, but Kyle, that guy just has an eye. He's not a reseller. He just goes to garage sales and him and I have done, you know, we've ridden together and maybe we'll do a YouTube video eventually here. And he, he got some lawn chair. And I'm like, what? What is, you know? So anyways, we make the deal. And then she she like pulled some of the clothing, some cowboy boots fell that I put back there. And I wasn't trying to hide it. What? You were hiding I was not. In the bundle? No. Oh, it was, my goodness. It was in the, I just threw it on there. I thought she was going to sort through it. She didn't. And so eventually we agreed on it. And within a couple of days, so I paid 90 a pair of boots, a Tony Lama sold for 75 and a pair of Nakona boots sold for 50 And I'm already in the profit. Like, that's why I love garage sales. And then I still got that shooting shirt within a couple of days. And so I paid an average of like four fifty for everything. Right. A couple of days I listed it at 300. I already got an offer of 185. Now I didn't take it. And the reason I didn't take it was it got kind of shady. I got a message after like, Hey, I found your Instagram. Can you uh, contact me and we, we can talk some more. Now they didn't know I was a podcast. I do have like a, my store name Instagram. Cause at one time, like Facebook is shopped and all that. And I was thinking of doing that. And I was like, no, because now that that's on there. So on eBay, if you try to connect with somebody off of eBay before the transaction's done, the algorithm can catch that and you can get suspended. So automatically I'm like, Hey man, I, I, I lost my password, which is true. I lost my, I don't remember my password to that. Can can we just keep doing messages here? And then the guy ghosted me. Mm. So I'm sure. And again, my my sirens went off. Like this could be a scammer. Like why didn't he just pay for it upright? Let's go. But again, is why I love clothing because those shoes sold. And then each of those pieces of shirts are probably going to go for forty a piece. And that San Antonio thing, I'm probably going to be able to sell that for two fifty to three hundred. So, nice. anyways, good. I'm glad you had a good experience at garage sales. Yeah, it was good. Oh, by the way, oh the launcher. You want to know about the launcher? Let's hear it. So my buddy, you know, again, Kyle, Kyle's good at this and he's probably listening to this laughing. He always picks up stuff that I would never pick up. Mike kind of does this too. And he sends me an eBay, you know, sold and these chairs go for over a hundred dollars and it's just a launcher. Like I would have never, never, never thought about that. So y'all are wondering like, what kind of launcher is this? And I asked him, I said, Hey, so how much did you pay for this launcher? And he's like, $3. And uh, it was a vintage Zip D brown tan stripe world arm folding launcher. And I guess people have Airstreams like these Zip D launchers. 
And if you look at it, it I'm, I'm showing Mike, it's pretty plain. Like, but yeah, three dollars and and this one. Uh, let me see how much. Uh, oh, it's showing me a bunch of other stuff. But anyways, sold for over a hundred. So nice. So don't discount launchers. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Might be a little harder to ship, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, three bucks to a hundred. I would be willing to take the time. It's true. You probably so. sell that locally too. That's true. He was th- he was thinking of going to like some airstream event. I think that was happening locally, and just like saying, "Hey, you want one of these?" So I, I got a chair, chair for sale. I'm sure I'll hear from him if, if he sells it. So, all right. Any random stories on your part? Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Before I do that, yeah. I want to say thank you to everybody for helping us out on buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Yeah. It's been great. Uh, I keep seeing people sign up uh, for memberships, and so we're looking to do a Zoom. We're kind of sorting that out soon. So if you haven't yet, we are probably going to message here pretty soon about when our next Zoom call is happening. It's a virtual meetup. Uh, we're probably going to talk a little bit about Q4 and what we're doing for Q4 and how we're prepping. Uh, so you you don't want to miss that. I, I don't want to miss that because I love seeing all your faces and seeing people that, you know, it's just different outside of a DM when you can actually talk to people, even though I know it's on Zoom. Uh, it, it's still far better than a DM. So if you haven't yet, go to buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle, uh, or you can go to the link below, sign up, or you could just say thank you for the episode, learn a lot, here's a couple of coffees, or you can sign up for a membership, which is less, probably because of inflation, probably less than a coffee from at least Starbucks a month. Oh, yeah. And, and here's the thing. Obviously, our content is always free. And we're very clear that the Zoom meetups that we do and any other thing that we do with the, the, our, our supporters isn't specifically extra content that we're trying to hide behind a paywall. What the idea is we're trying to connect with people who, who are supporting us and just gives that extra, you know, community feeling of, of, you know, we're all in this together. We can learn from each other. So it's a cool way to do that. But, you know, we, we hope that we are providing at least $5 of either one information or two entertainment each month. Right. And if we're not doing that, man, we've got some work to do. And so, again, we're not trying to, to say, like, you have to pay us. But for those of you who are saying, like, hey, you know, you you, you do provide that to me and you, you send that money over our way. It definitely keeps the lights on, keeps us doing what we're doing. And we really appreciate it. So thank you very much. All right. Random stories. So I talked about a board game that I picked up at a garage sale. Um, it's one of those ones that, you know, I'm kind of into is Twilight. It's called Twilight Struggle. And it's a board game about the Cold War. And it's it's a bigger... I just laugh because I always think Twilight. Yeah. We already did that last time. Not that Twilight game. Um, so it's one that I've kind of had on my list of like, I, I want to try this game out. But I've got a huge list of like 50 games I want to play. There's a lot more than that I want to play. But like 50 games on my like Amazon wish list, you know. And this was one that I've kind of had my eye on for a while. And I got it at a garage sale for $5, which is an incredible deal. Because normally these are going for like 60 bucks or more. And my thought was, you know, this is probably going to be a slow seller. It's probably going to be a little while. I'm going to list it, you know, at the 50, 60 bucks. And hopefully between now and the time it sells, I'll get to play it once. You know, it's it's used. All the pieces were there. So it wasn't like they were unpunched or anything. So I know me and the guys that I play with were kind with games. We weren't going to ruin anything. Um, but within like four days of listing it, it sold. Nice. Full price. Somebody like gave a low ball and like we denied it. And then like the next day it sold full price. And. I was excited, obviously, because I got a good sell. But at the same time, it's like, man, like a little bit in the back of my mind, like there's some things I'm like, this needs to sell. And then like the one thing that I'm like, you know what? This can kind of wait a little bit. <laughs> You're hoping for like a month. Yeah. And and that that thing, uh, that thing went quickly. Uh, but it's all right because I probably won't have time anyway. Some friends of mine and I are thinking of uh, 
starting a Dungeons and Dragon campaign, which oh, definitely is going to be a lot more, uh, a lot more involvement. I probably won't have time for other games, but I was like, I won't thinking, have time for the podcast. The only, the only, so when you're a content creator in anything, whether you're, it's, you know, on Instagram or YouTube, the amount of content in that field you consume tends to go down a little bit. Like we do mm-hmm, research mm-hmm. and we're part of a community, but like if you talk to most like resellers or in, in any field that are big into that field, they typically aren't like sitting around, like I'm not watching lots of reseller YouTube or like listening to lots of reseller podcasts, but I do a lot of podcasts. And one of the ones or some of the ones I listen to are like Dungeons and Dragons podcast, believe it or not, they're like usually really funny or really good. And uh, I was like, man, wonder if we should do like a spinoff, like a do a reselling RPG game, Orlando and me what? playing. Like, would you guys listen to that? I know that's like pretty crazy, but like, I'm so lost. There's what probably, would that look like? There are probably like five or six of our listeners who'd be into that though. And like, you know, for you, it might be worth it. So let us know in the comments below if we had like an RPG where it's like, you got to go on a quest to find this item at a garage sale. And then like the, the boss is like the, uh, the person you've got to haggle with. And the resellers are like the little goblins that come and you have to fight them off. And like, you know, I think we could turn it into something. That, that sounds interesting. Hey, you asked for random stories, man. Like that's about as random as I can get. And th- that is that is pretty random. So, All right. So Orlando, <laughs> what about you? What's your uh, what's your random story? So I listen. Honey, okay. Let me let me share with you. So I had this buyer. Okay. Let let me tell you. You don't want this buyer. You just don't want it. And let me explain to you why. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18 messages from this buyer. That's a lot. That automatically tells you. That's like the amount my son can count up to. And I'm proud of him. <laughs> so I had the, I had this, this Harley item and here's what kills me. This, this is the same thing that I hated when, you know, people started talking about price gouging and all that is that there's a difference between luxury items Right. Or items that people want and people items that people need. And when people beg me for items that it's not a need, it just bothers me like crazy. Right. And so this really, really, really bothered me. Let me, let me tell you why. Hey, guys, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. I know all of you have all kinds of businesses running not just reselling, but maybe you make items and you sell on Etsy, or maybe you provide a certain service, but you want to get your name out there. You want to be able to scale your business. And Podcorn is a great opportunity. It matches you up to certain podcasts that are appropriate to your business and at the right price. So it's a great opportunity to be able to bring your business to the next level. But there's more, right, Mike? That's right. There are so many different ways that you are all making money. We know that you guys are hustlers to the core. You've got revenue coming in from so many different sources. And we've had some of you ask about, how do I start a podcast? Or I started my own podcast. And and what do I do with this? How do I, how do I monetize this? How do I make sure that this becomes something that's worthwhile to me that is a revenue source? And so Podcorn is an incredible incredible program. It's a website that is going to be able to make sure that your listeners are getting information and getting advertisements that are going to be relevant to them, that are going to be important to them. And it's going to be a way for you to bring in some more money. So definitely go to podcorn.com and check out all of their amazing services. Thanks for listening to our advertisements. Now back to the show. This is something that is not needed. So let me share with you some of these messages. Okay. 
So so initially, you know, you go back and forth with the uh, with the offers. Now, the person initially tells me, "Hey, is this a woman's or a man's item?" Oh, are we talking about the shoes? No, no, that's different. Oh, oh did you see that in the Dude, Instagram? That was so much drama. I don't what? I don't even want to talk about it. Cuz cuz I mean Check there our people, Instagram. There are people posts. who are right on both sides of that argument. Yes, that's what, and that's what I said. I said there are certain brands that the W means women's, and most say wide if it's after the number. But that's a whole other discussion. We don't need to go there. Yeah, we don't go there. But yes, maybe, maybe did, did you? Uh, we don't need to go there. Okay. So I answer, and here's the thing. Maybe I should I share this. Do you know what word annoys me? What word that people can call me that really annoys me? Do you remember? A cheap? No, no. Oh, come on. Now, who calls me cheap? Uh, scammer. No. It's a word that like, like I feel like it's insulting. And now. Buddy. Yes. I shouldn't reveal that because now people are going to. Look here, buddy. Gonna comment, right? But when people are like, thanks, buddy. Or hey, buddy. Or whatever. I just. I mean, there are people who use that like genuinely in like not a condescending way. I, but I, like a. Something must have happened when I was young. And somebody said the word buddy. And now forever. I, I hate it when people use the word buddy. So if you see me in public, I know somebody's going to go, hey, buddy. Hey, here's my buddy over here, Orlando. All right. So this person messages me after and says, okay, thank you. Can you give me the item for $90, please? And I can do the review, the five stars. Thank you. And have a good night, buddy. I'm like, wait, so you're trying to bait me with five stars and you're trying to get something at less than 50%. So, you know, I counter and then I get another message. Thank you, my friend. Please give me the $95. And, you know, I pay for the shipping and I hope that you will help me. Thank you. And God bless you. And I'll remember to do the review for you on that on your page. Please, my buddy. I'm like, what is going Maybe on? Maybe it's a language barrier. Well, they did message me in Spanish. But then after I said, no, this is my bottom price. And it's on my bottom price. Then I get another message. Okay, my buddy. I understand. Okay, you can give me the item for $100. Please help me. Please. Thanks, buddy. I hope that helps you. So then I'm like, nope, I can't do that. Like I just then I, I mean, get in all fairness, did you say please stop calling me, buddy? No, did you no. let him know that that was triggering you? No, that no, you needed to go into a safe space and cry for a little bit. So so then I said, I'm sorry, but I have my own family I need to take care of. Totally understand if this doesn't work for you. Then I get a message again. Okay, buddy, I understand. Thanks. Have a good night. You're a good you're a good seller. I see your profile. Don't worry, you. God bless you. I mean, this person was over the top nice. That's wonderful. No, just stop. So then I was nice and I said, God bless you too. And then he says, amen, good night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then the next. You guys had a connection. Look, you're telling the story like this guy is bugging you. And this guy's like, I just had the best. Sell- I didn't even buy anything from this guy, but he was just the best. He's like, I feel like we are just buddies now. Okay. Now, We're like pals. Now we even prayed together. Now it's eight hours later or whatever. I don't sleep very much. Maybe it was five, six hours later. I see my messages and I get another message. Hello, my buddy. Good morning. I need to know. Can you give me it for 105 or $110? Please. Thank you. And have a nice day. God bless you. Now, is it possible that like it's translating and it's translating like, you know how Okay, so you speak Spanish, so you know people will say amigo yeah. for friend. Like, is it possible? Oh, that maybe, it's like maybe. just translating friend to buddy. You know what? That's a valid because they might be like, "Hey, amigo," like like more of like a slang, like just talking, and then it's just translating instead of friend because that might seem a little more formal. That yeah. it's trying to like, what would be the English like less formal version of friend, buddy? Right? Like, no, no. I think I think you're right, but 
now that's not the bother anymore. Now it's the fact this guy is insistent and he keeps going out. By this time, I probably should have blocked him. But I, you know, it's kind of like, let's see where this goes. So then I say, my bottom dollar is 125. Then he goes, Hi, my buddy. Can you give me a better price? $100, please. So then I kept saying, Nope, I can't. Nope, I can't. That has to be 125. And so then eventually I'm just like, I did give in. You sold it to him? No, no, no. I did. I said, you know what? Fine. We'll do the 120, right? Because I'm like, whatever. I paid $20 for this item. So I'm gonna make, you know, like 80 bucks after fees, right? So then I redo the list and I send it to him. And then he goes, Oh, taxes? I thought I was just paying 120. And then after that, I was done. I'm like, I'm sorry, we can't make a deal. Sorry, it's just not gonna work out. So then during the podcast, as a recording, I get somebody that else that sends me an offer, but it's from the same location in the country. And it's the same original offer of this individual with a different username. Mm. Does he call you buddy in it? No, it's just uh. they send me an offer. Like, do you think I'm that stupid that I'm not going to realize that you're using a different account or you ask somebody nearby? Now, I could be wrong, but the chances that it's the same dollar amount from the same location in the country. I'm like, I'm done. So I'm going to block that person. I'm blocking my original buddy. And I, I raised the price by $50. I'm just done. Don't don't even come at Don't even. I've already wasted probably half an hour of my life oh, dealing Lando's with this person. Triggered here. I was that's, triggered. That's now I can see all these offers coming in. Like, hey, buddy, would you take this? Hey, if it's a good offer, hey, I'm going to make it. In deal. the comments below, just let us know. Like, are we your buddies? Like, because I feel like you're a buddy. Like, just put buddy in the comments, and we'll know how much you love our podcast. Anyway, it's kind of like, trigger the it's kinda like Michael J. Fox. Like, no one calls me chicken. Kind of that deal for me, mm, you know? Gotcha. So, all right, pal. Right. <laughs> is that better? <laughs> so, that is my random story. All right. Hey, before uh, we move on, I want to say thank you to uh, our sponsor, AmericanBoboBoy.com. Great relationship with them. Uh, you know, I just ordered my four foot roll and it got to me within two days. Yeah. Uh, still a great deal of $39.99. And by the way, we now have a promo code. So even if prices go up, there's going to be this like legacy pricing that will help you. So make sure to go to the link and use our promo code to get that bubble wrap. They also have these things called Instapacks, which like you break the seal and like it just instantly like surrounds your object and protects it. They are pretty awesome. What's the promo code? It is Pure Hustle Podcast. All one word? All one word. Pure Hustle Podcast. Get yourself the best bubble wrap you can get at the best price around. That's right. All right. It, no, it really is. And it's free. Two-day, next-day shipping if you're close enough. And you can also do local pickup if you want and save yourself even more money. Yeah. So definitely check them out. AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Link below. Now, before we move on, if you ever want to catch more of the behind the scenes of some of the stories that we share, or get see the visual pictures of the items that we're picking up or check out the Insta stories that we're talking about, make sure to follow us on social media. We are Pierce of Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which we need to come back to TikTok. And then TikTok's like, it's funny because it goes up and down. Like it's popular, but it's not popular. But now you're seeing it like you'll watch a new show and somebody's like, oh, I found these TikToks. Right. And they react to them. So check us out there. Uh, check us out as Pure Cast on Twitter. And we're also Pure Cast on Clubhouse. Now, I thought we decided we were going to stop talking. We're going to stop talking about here's the weird thing. 
You know, the last episode we said that. Mm. Guess what notification I get every day now. Gary V is wanting us on his clubhouse. Something like that. Nice. Clubhouse. Ever since. Like clubhouse or nothing. Our phones are listening to us. Oh, they I'm are. I'm 100% believing. Yeah, I saw a funny thing that was like people in like the 40s and the 50s were like, you know, what if the government's bugging my house? I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, you know, I'm going to check around in case there's like a government bug. They've tapped my phone. And now we're like, hey, I've got this really cool government bug uh, that I carry around in my pocket everywhere with me. And corporations can hear everything I'm saying. And Everybody's going to think we're crazy now. But I'm telling you. How does that happen? All right. You can also uh, shoot us an email at purespodcast at gmail.com. That's purespodcast at gmail.com. Also give us a call 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. And as always, if you're listening to a podcast, you want to catch our YouTube, jump on over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification and smash that like button. Would love your support. We're we're getting close to uh, 6,000 subs. So that would be really nice. And uh, last of all, thank you for all the iTunes reviews. We are past 500. We're now into the 600 club. And uh, sometimes we share these this time because, you know, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to move that to another episode. But grateful for all the reviews out there. We are the number one uh, reselling podcast out there and most reviewed podcast on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and other platforms. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? We're ready. We got a lot to talk about ebay has released its new seller updates and other things are happening because that's what happens in the world things happen and we talk about them because we're amazing and that's what we do take it away orlando all right what what an intro okay so you know it's interesting this fall seller update didn't have a lot but i hate saying that you know why i hate saying that why you hate saying that I thought you knew. You don't know. So do you remember promoted listings gate that happened? Oh, yeah. Like two years ago, right? eBay, like there's this big controversy that, you know, eBay wasn't, uh, you know, basically promoting items or they were promoting items, but they're promoting other people's items. Or sometimes like you would have your listing promoted, but then your regular listing would show up and people were like questioning, is eBay just going to the promoted listings and charging the fee? Even if people are going through the regular, uh, you know, uh, listing. So that became a big deal. But eBay had talked all about promoted listing. And then item specific happens and everybody was freaking out about item specifics, even though it was in seller update. The the thing was, was a lot of us read over it and didn't pay attention to the detail. eBay had been sharing with everyone exactly what was going to happen. It's just pretty much everyone on YouTube, including ourselves, missed that right there. So. I want to go through this, but I don't want to go through everything because there wasn't. I didn't find that there was a lot uh, of information on on this uh, fall seller update. And, you know, it's interesting. There is a survey out there. I don't know if you got in a survey about the fall seller update. Uh, Auction Professor actually in one of his video talks about it and he has a link. And I went to the link and I took the survey. Uh, but it's basically like. Uh, what area of this, uh, the fall seller update did you like the most? What area do you not like the most and why not? I was like, that's kind of interesting. Maybe eBay knows something, right? Maybe they know that some of the stuff that they're sending out isn't necessarily seller friendly. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. All right. Now, do you remember how eBay was making most of its money based on its last annual report? Remember we talked about that? Well, yeah. I mean, most of their money that they're going to be making is going to be coming through, is going to be coming through fees, right? So not items that are selling. Right but through fees that they're charging sellers. Right. 
and it's happening some more. Okay. Increasing fees. Increase. So not increasing fees, but they're, they're finding other, I guess, streams of fee revenue. Yeah. Cause I mean, specifically the reason why we say that is obviously they make money off items that sell, but the total, like the gross amount of items sold or, or the money of items sold. Like, so if you're to tally up how much items sold, how many to say it's how many billion dollars of items sold, they actually didn't grow, but their total net profit as a company grew, which means that even though they're not selling as many items or making as much money with the items, they're making more money per item. Correct. So we always want to keep it real. Like we, I love eBay. eBay is my primary go-to. It's the reason that I got into reselling. It's the reason I'm full-time. Uh, but again, you know, we always want to be honest about our thoughts on things. So one of the things is they're moving a lot of items to new categories, which you'd be like, oh, no big deal, right? Okay, so they want to, you know, find items, you know, to be easier to be found by buyers when they're searching. But here's the thing. They do mention that items moved to new categories may end up causing a change in fees. I mean, that makes sense. Like if, I mean, just to give like the, the easy example, athletic shoes, right? Athletic mm-hmm. shoes are going to have lower fees over a hundred dollars than something else. Well, no even, fees over a hundred dollars. Right. Or even things like yeah. guitars, right? Like remember that used to be a thing. Like if you sold guitars, the fees were lesser. There, there are certain categories where, you know, if it's a hard good, the fees are going to be different than if it's clothing is going to be different than if it's, you know, audio different if it's digital, like there's different fees for different things. So yeah, if they move your item from a category that had a, a smaller fee to something that has a higher fee, that, that, that sucks. Now, is that necessarily the case? Don't know, right? I haven't, I mean, I did a lot of research, but there's a point where my research has to stop, right? You, and you can go to the eBay seller update and look it up. But they said, if your listing is moved to a different category, you may experience a change in the fees, either an increase or decrease. My thoughts are it's probably going to be an increase. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, they're they're probably, they're smart enough. The algorithm is not going to, they did the math before they did this, right? That they're not going to do something that's going to cost their company tens of millions of dollars, right? Yeah. Now, now now as an individual person, that's looking at it as the, at the whole, right? Which is what a company has to do. But you as an individual seller, majority of your items, if say if you're in a niche and they kind of recategorize what that niche is, what, what category that goes into, you might end up actually getting significantly lower fees across the board, right? Mm-hmm. So an individual person, or you might break even because some of your items would go into a higher fee category and some into a lower and it breaks even. But as a whole, there's no way they're going to be shuffling around categories unless they come out ahead. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, Another thing, and, and we've already been down this road, there's going to be more item specifics this time in collectibles and art, jewelry, musical instruments, parts and accessories and sporting goods. So that's nothing new. I mean, it's just more hoops to jump through. Uh, but this is where I think things get, before I get to the interesting part, coded coupons. We already talked about that, right? But one of the things I brought up last time in our last episode about coded coupons was I wish there was a bulk way of doing that. And I'm not, eBay wasn't listening to me, but they already had this in the works and I thought they would. So, or maybe, maybe they were like, Oh, here's a podcast. That was such a yes. good idea. Let's implement that. But I thought, I thought it was pretty cool because now they actually took a screenshot of what it would look like. And there's one that says like, you can send coupons to last purchases period over the last two years. Oh, wow. Like that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Like I, I'm really looking forward to that because that's going to be a big deal. And then you can narrow down to specific categories, right? So for example, I sell a lot of Harley Davidson, 
And so I know one of the categories is Harley Davidson. So if I'm able to send a coupon specifically for Harley items to all my Harley buyers in the last two years, I think that's going to convert to sales. So I'm pretty excited yeah. about that. Yeah. I thought that was pretty great. I can't wait till that shows up now. That's a good, let's take a look. Let's take a look at the interesting. The interesting thing is there's now two sets of promoted listings, which we already know about this. Mike and I have been talking about this since eBay opened back in 2019. So now what we're using is promoted listings where basically you promote your listing to a certain percentage, right? 2%, 4%. And when it sells, you pay that promoted listing fee, right? If the buyer buys your item through that promoted listing, if they buy it through the regular, you're trusting that eBay is not giving you the promoted listings fee, which I think is. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I mean, there's, yeah. there, there's going to be enough like checks and balances. Oversight. Yeah. And oversight. Yeah. They, they wouldn't do that. But now there's listing promoted listings standard and promoted listings advanced. And as just a fancy advanced, it's just a fancy way to say pay-per-click pay-per-click. Yeah. Right, which, and again, eBay is going to to be smart on this, and they're going to do the thing that makes the most money. And they have, and here's the thing: like, just I'm sure, like, if if I could look at the numbers they had, I'd be able to figure out which way they're going to make the most money because they have all that data. But they have the data, and so they're going to know on average what's going to be the thing that they should promote the most. So what is what's going to be the top of the page? Because that's really what you're trying to do. You want your listing when somebody searches is I don't know blue pin, blue G two. Uh, pilot or G7, yeah, G2 pilot pin, right? If that you're competing against 100 people and you've got yours promoted, you want yours on the top page. Now, if you are dealing with two people, one person is promoting at 3% and one person is doing pay-per-click, eBay has the data of which one is going to be at the top of the page. What's Are they going to make more money on people clicking and not buying and eventually someone buying? Or the one time if they... So they know which one's going to go at the top. So what this ultimately means is pay to win right now. Again, if you've got items that are in a, in a much more, you know, niche category where you're not competing against a bunch of people selling new things, you know, it might not be as big of a deal, but it, it, it definitely can be become a pay to win. And I mean, nobody well, no, likes that's those what video it, games. It, it is know? pay to win. So let me, let me explain to you how it works. And then I, I got to share my thoughts also. So basically you bid for the top slot in search using keyword and budget controls and pay per click. You select the keywords that matter to you and you set a daily budget for additional control. Then you name your campaign. You choose the dates and a daily budget. You name your ad group, add your list and keywords to the ad group, select the maximum cost per click for the keywords displayed as CPC bids in the tool, right? So you're paying, even though your item might not sell, you're still paying every time people click on that item. Okay. So it's not like, you know, what, what is now being called promoted listing standard, which is the original one. Now you're, you could still be paying and your item may not sell, right? Because on the original one, you only paid when your item sells. Okay. And so here's my thoughts on this. I don't think this is going to affect the secondary market. And the reason I say that is because there's so much uniqueness, right? Like for example, right, right now I'm looking at a Harley Davidson racing shirt. That racing shirt that I looked up, there are no comps. And if there are, there's maybe three. And of those three, one might be an XL, one might be a medium, and one might be a small, right? I may have better pictures. I may have a better return policy. I may be a top-rated seller. So there's going to be a lot of things that's already going to put me higher in the search. Right now, 
if you're selling brand new items. So let's say you're doing retail arbitrage. Okay. And I don't know, throw it out there. Let's say you're selling a Shopkins doll and it's the hot item. And there's 50 other sellers selling the exact same thing. That's when it's going to play a part, right? Because you may have the best pictures. You may have be a top rated seller, have a great return policy, offer expedited shipping. But if somebody is a top bidder for the search, that person is going to dominate that item. Yeah. The nice thing, though, when it comes down to it, the beauty of capitalism is and, and kind of what resellers do is we're filling that niche. We talk about that all the time. There's a gap sometimes between the market uh, in the market. There's there's some kind of disconnect and we kind of fill that gap. But the reality is eventually it's all going to even out because people are going to they're not going to take a huge loss, right? Like if if the total amount of money that they're making, if it's worth it for you to to do this advanced and maybe pay a little bit more to run this campaign, but your total revenue as a, as a company is going up, everybody's going to find that point. But eventually, if you're at a break-even point where you're paying just as much in advertisement as your net profit is, then those sellers aren't going to last very long, mm-hmm. right? So eventually, it's going to even out and we're going to find that sweet spot. The problem is, is that in-between time when some people are going to be using it and other people aren't, and then you're going to be at a disadvantage. And if you are using it, but you're using it too much, then you're losing money. And it'll take a little while to find that sweet spot. Uh, and you know, so that just puts everybody kind of in this guessing game of how much should my campaigns be? I'm not like a marketing major. Now I got to figure out like how, like, do I want to, which words am I trying to, but maybe this is just good business practice. I mean, I know a lot of people who sell things on Amazon, like specifically that they do themselves, whether it's um, a private label or a book, maybe they publish and they do that. They do the pay-per-click and part of the business is figuring out how much do I pay? What words do I use? Because even using your in your your example of the Harley Davidson, what if you're like, you know what? I'm just going to do a pay-per-click ad on Harley Davidson shirt. And if I'm high enough up, maybe somebody who's not even looking for Harley Davidson racing shirt, because that might be mm-hmm. a really small niche. I see your point. But somebody, if you're really high up when someone just writes Harley Davidson, they might be like, oh, that's a cool shirt. I've never seen anything like that before. And they pick it, right? So it might actually be beneficial for you to do, but it's going to take a while for people to figure out like what's the appropriate amount. I don't know. It might be fun to play around with for a little bit, but it's not going to be fun to lose money. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, if you guys have tips and maybe you've used pay-per-click or these similar things. On Amazon, things, it's yeah. the standard, right? Yeah. I don't use it at all, but if you sell private label or, or you have a highly competitive field, like let's say cell phone cases, like it's definitely something you want to use, right? So let us know your thoughts below. Do you think it is a positive thing? Do you think the secondary market will be affected? Uh, do you have a good story or a terrible story of, of using pay-per-click before on other platforms? All right, a couple other things. Just want to go through these real quick. Um, I really believe eBay is wanting us to brand our stores more. I'm still not sold on that, right? Because I'm a big believer that when people buy on eBay, they're just searching for that one item and that's it. They don't care what your logo is. They don't care what your mission statement. They don't care that, you know, you're selling to help orphanages, whatever, like, I don't think people buy based on that. I think they buy for a certain items. Unless you're in a niche. Again, like the hard part is like we've had Zoom calls with people and, oh, that's and true. it's very you're different, right. right? Like if, if you're niche and there's certain times where I'm buying like cards for a game and there's like two or three eBay stores that I'm returning to all the time because they, I know they do good business. Mm-hmm, they always mm-hmm. have good prices. Their shipping is really fast where I bought from other stores and the shipping's not as fast. So maybe I'll pay a little bit more. But unless you're in like a really specialized niche, might not be worth it. Yeah. So there's a bunch of things they talk about stores. But one of the things I thought was interesting that people can now sign up for newsletters, 
I kind of like, you know, you try to get like if if we really wanted to expand and eventually sell you guys a bunch of stuff, we could have you do email sign up sign ups for Peterson podcast. Right. Yeah. Do you want to get on our weekly newsletter? Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know. Maybe we'll do that. Just, you know, is that is, but is that super old school? Is that still like a marketing thing? It's still a marketing thing. Like if you look at the conversion mates, conversion mates, conversion rates, you're like click funnels and all that. Like, yeah, there's it still has a lot of business. I mean, I have some places I've subscribed to uh, now that, you know, I would never once think about buying anything. But sometimes that right email comes across, you're like, huh. So just a heads up in the next few episodes, you might be hearing about signing up for the PRSL podcast email list. There you go. Maybe, so maybe we'll do like a blog where we'll like we'll write down our adventures and we'll throw like random bolos and some tips in there. I don't know. Let us know what you want in the newsletter. <laughs> what do you want in our what do you want in our weekly blog? There you go. One more thing to the plate. One right. more thing to the plate. So, which I, I don't know. I, I, it might be cool. But anyway, it, I think this could be a good thing. I mean, it all depends. Uh, you know, you'll be able to send this to all your followers. And so that means you have to have strong base for your store. It's interesting because I know a lot of sellers like the anonymity of selling on eBay and other sellers like branding. So it all depends where you land. Uh, a couple other things. I think this is a big deal. You can look up the sales reports for the last year which is this should have been a given, but now I'm glad we're able to do that. Yeah. It's always my first year doing taxes. I was like, what, wait, where did all my old sales go? Yeah. Now I don't know exactly what that looks like, but that's what the fall seller update says. And then, uh, MUA multi-user access. This is if you have a helper or an employee, uh, they'll be able to do more. Like they can like manage returns now and they can communicate with buyers. They basically at this point, they can do everything that you can do. Like they can ship out items, print labels, like pretty much a lot. So my dream with eBay would be if all I had to do was source and people just took care of everything from pictures to listing to shipping to handling returns and all that. That would be Let's get that warehouse going, man. Yeah. One day, one day. So. All right. So that is the that's not everything. You can look it up again. The eBay fall seller update 2021. But those are just some of the things I, I was hoping that we could all think about. Now, I, I'm just going to share something real quick and then we're going to get into, I think, something interesting. Hopefully we don't, you know, we're not too long on it. Uh, but I thought it was I don't know. I was fascinated by the story. So Amazon, in case you didn't know, the return policy opens up. After October 1st, somebody buys something from you on Amazon. They have, if they open it from October 1st through December 31st, they have until January 31st to return it, which is pretty standard. I mean, if you shop at any retail store, they do that. But just be aware, especially some of you, if you're new to Amazon, uh, that's something you got to be, uh, you got to understand. It's not like eBay where it's 30 days. If you sell something October 1st, you may get that item back on January 31st. I've had that happen a lot. I'm like, what? This person bought this. I don't. I don't even remember sourcing this item. And now I'm that's a good back. renting policy. And, and some people do that. That's why I'm always careful with seasonal stuff on Amazon. The thing about it, if you're buying, there's there's some pretty hot Halloween items right now. And if they buy it, let's say October, you know, second, could come back to you January 31st. That'd be that would be wild. All right. So this spooky item didn't scare enough of my guests at my party. I'm sending it back. There you go. But I'll be buying it again next year for my annual party. I'll be buying it used from you on eBay. All right. So I thought this was pretty fascinating. I actually, I, I considered Mike and I doing a whole YouTube on this as a reaction video. Uh, and we still might, but no, why don't we? 
You want to do that? Yeah. Maybe we just briefly talk about it now and we'll do a reaction video. Okay. This, this, looks, this looks interesting. All right. So it would, I don't know if we'll be able to get it out in time. Maybe we'll still do it. Yeah. We could maybe we do it as a reaction video for uh, like an next, upcoming next Monday, Monday episode. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so real quick, um, there's, so we've talked about the ret retro game video market, right? And, and even here, we've been pretty fascinated at like the, you know, million dollar sale, like, you know, the store that should not be named selling a Zelda for a hundred and no, 410,000, you know, Super Mario Brothers selling for over a million dollars, Super Mario 64 sealed selling, you know, first edition selling for one point, whatever million. And it's like, wow, what is going on? Like, this is amazing. And I'm leaning on a lot of this could be fraud. I don't know if we could define it as fraud, but we'll talk about it in the reaction video. So there's a video out there uh, by Carl Jobs. I don't know anything about this person, but I think he does like video game videos. I, I was looking at some things. So basically what has been going on is we talked about there's two uh, video game grading sites, right? There's, I believe, I want to say it's V one of, one of them is VCG. I want to make sure I get the right one. <laughs> I, I pulled up a construction company, uh, but it's, or it's VGC, is it? Okay, it's VGC. See, that's why it's good that I can't, we have Google on hand. So again, I don't sell graded video games, at least not yet. I wish I didn't sell all my sealed ones that I found back in 2016, 2017. So there's been two. The main one before WADA was VGC. And they've been around for like 10 years. And then this company called WADA started showing up in 2019. Right. And so we'll get more in depth on this reaction video uh, to, to this. And some other people have already done it, but maybe we'll do it live. You want to do it live? We'll do a live reaction. Why are you? Why are you? Next Mike, Monday, man. Mike let's, let's, record a, let's, re, let's record a live reaction video. Mike understands our, oh, on Monday? Yeah. Well, we can't this Monday, though. Why not? Coming up Monday? I guess we could. No, no, no. Uh, see. Yeah, no. <laughs> we, got, we have all these time constraints. Yeah, I think it'll work. Let's talk about it. We'll see. <laughs> Stay tuned. See, that's why you should be subscribed to our YouTube. Yeah, you just if never know. If you're subscribed to our YouTube, you'll get these uh, notifications and hit the notification bell. You'll know when we've got, uh, you know, just a random itch to do something weird, you know, like a live or uh, something else. So, All right. So we talked about WADA before, right? It's one of the grading services. So basically, the short story is, did you know... That the first, so there's WADA that on their website, according to this Carl Joe's video. So let me give you the title of the video in case you want to watch it before we do the reaction video. It's called Exposing Fraud and Deception in the Retro Video Game Market. Uh, the person is Carl, K-A-R-L space J-O-B-S-T. And WADA was already talking about selling video games through Heritage Auctions before they ever graded anything. And interesting, right? Hmm. And then what, what ended up happening, see, this should be part of the, the reaction video. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, 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 but what ended up happening is WADA and Heritage Auctions were purposely inflating and creating a bubble within the video game market. Yeah, why not? Right? So I, I, I don't know how I, I feel about this now. I just want to share one snippet before we do our reaction video. So the first game... That sold for $100,000, right? Before this, video games were selling for like 20, 30,000 sealed, 
right? So the first one that sold for over a hundred thousand through an auction, guess who the person was? What would make it super controversial? Somebody from that company? Yes. Yep. So Jim Halperin of Heritage Auctions with two other investors was the first to buy a video game that went over a hundred thousand. The genius marketing scheme. That's how you make your business. <laughs> then it hit the press. And what do you think happens? Yeah, everyone's using their service now. Okay, so to me, this kind of... And so we'll talk about this later on because there's a lot more to this story. But I'm, I feel like this is what's happening in crypto. So let me give you an example. NFTs. We haven't talked about non-fungible tokens, right? I call them JPEG that are JPEGs that are worth a lot of money. There's worth more than that, I though. Know, I know. People are going to come after me. That's not what it's about. There's a lot more to do. And I know that. NFT okay. games, man, they're the future. I know, I know. But the other day I was scrolling through TikTok and I heard a clip of like Logan Paul's podcast with Mr. Beast. And in it, what ended up happening was Gary V, which I, I still love Gary V, but he's a marketer. So Gary V had held a phone conference with all these like major influencers that have a lot of money. So Logan Paul, Mr. Beast, you name it. And all told them, you know what? The way to go with NFTs is CryptoPunks, right? Do you know anything about CryptoPunks? Yeah, it's a ridiculously overinflated. Uh, they look like, you know, urban they're eight, design. They're, they're eight bits. No, they're not even, they're just. Weren't, they're, weren't, wasn't the one that sold for a mo- the most like a monkey face? No, th- that's, that's the apes. Oh, the apes. That, that's a, that, that, those are lazy apes. That's a whole different. There's, gotcha. there's, but there's similar, a, there's, right? There's an ape yacht club, and then there's, there's the a bunch of punks. Them. Gotcha. Those are the ones that are more like the, the, yeah, they look like punks. Okay. Like Mohawks and stuff. So crypto punks are, have been selling for a ton of money, hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars, right? And so what ended up happening, right? How did this happen? Well, Gary Vee calls all these, right, millionaires and billionaires and say, hey, Crypto punks is the next best thing. You should get all these crypto punks. So all these people get these crypto punks, right? And they start buying and selling off of each other. Which creates hype. Which creates hype, brings the market way up. And so we go something that had, you know, take a look. Top 10 most expensive crypto punk NFTs sold. Okay. $11 million is the highest. Some of these were free a year ago. Okay. So it creates all this hype. Right. And so they go for crazy amounts, 2.8 million, 2.8 million, 2.5 million. I mean, it just it's crazy. Right. Manipulation. I somewhat say this is manipulation of the market. Yeah, for sure. But if there's here's the thing. I mean, you on one end, you can say it's like selling snake oil, but that's only if you're like promising that it can do something that it can't do. But if you're like, look at this really rare drawing that I made. And people are like, you're right. That is worth a bunch of money. Like if you can convince somebody that it's valuable, because nothing, nothing, there's very few things that are actually like have, have value in and of themselves that have tangible value. Most things, it's just perceived value. What would I be willing to pay for it? Right? So if you can convince people that this item is worth having to have on your wall because it's rare or unique, or it's worth having in your collection because it's rare or unique and people are willing to spend it. I mean, sure, it's kind of silly and foolish, but at the same time, is it really manipulation? Because then, then, yeah, you can almost get, and I think NFTs with art is where it kind of really kind of connects clearly to even like the art world, right? Like they're amazing artists. And then there are some people who just do things. You're like, is that really art? Or are you just buying the name, right? You're buying the fact that, hey, I've got this random 
you know, it's just a banana on a wall or whatever, you know, something like that, because it's from this person who is really elite. And I can say that I appreciate this and then make look at what it makes me but look it's like. So speculative, oh, right? Sure. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And here's the coincidence. Guess who's selling their NFTs at Christie's on auction October 1st? Uh, Gary V. Gary V selling his NFTs. Oh, yeah. Pump and dump, man. Pump and dump. So we'll talk about this. But I here's the thing. This is important to reselling because sports card sports cards, I think, were the first wave of this kind of scenario playing out. Right. Who was the person that was saying sports cards, sports cards, get your Lucas, get your Zions. Da, da, da. I think you're calling out Gary V right now. I'm not saying that it's wrong or right. I'm just saying. The dude's a marketer. He knows what he's doing. Maybe that's all he is good at, but he's good at marketing. And he's good. I mean, did you know what happened with his latest book drop that he sold? Mm -mm. So if you bought 12 of his books, you got an NFT, a Gary V NFT. So people, and a lot of you probably did, let us know in the comments below, bought like 144 books. Which makes him automatically go up to like number one best-selling book. 100%. Even though the total number of people read, it's not like, I mean, there's some books where Everybody buys it. You, okay, maybe there's only 10,000 of them sold, but 10,000 people read it versus a book that sold 100,000, but only 500 were read, right? Like there's a big difference there, but one of them was marketed a lot better than the other. Yeah. So what I'll say this, how does it relate to reselling? Be careful. Because I know right now, and again, do I wish I got in? Sure, I do. I'm not saying this because I have any hate or anything. This you is know, jelly. No, I'm not jelly either. I just I want people to be careful because... There are some things that are tried and true in the reselling market, right? That we constantly sell and we make a living. Now, NFTs, a lot of people's lives have been changed, right? They bought, I mean, I remember Pudgy Penguins was one of them. And those were selling for, I think, like 0.07 ETH. And they eventually went up to like 8 ETH or 10 ETH. I I saw, I know some people that I follow like on on TikTok that are crypto people that like, they just bought a house because of their NFT that sold. Like life changing money, right? But it's. I always am a fan that by the time you hear about it, it's already too late, right? That's just my thoughts. Anyways, let us know your thoughts. We'll do our reaction video, but you know, video games, right? Be careful because a lot of people are out there dropping all kinds of money on retro video games, thinking they're going to make a nice profit, but that could also tank at any moment, right? Based on if, if this YouTube video that was put out is valid, which I think the guy makes a very strong case and we'll talk about it. So, all right. All right. That is our reselling topic. This is a long episode. It is. All right. <laughs> okay. You ready for our next part? Yeah, yeah. All right. Here we go. I almost said it. Oh, man. Oh, man. I even, I even made sure it Bolos. Bolo. Oh, man. That's a bummer. So, bolos are items to look out for that can make you money. So, our sound is not... Try it one more time. Give it Give it one more. No, it... It's it dead. Yep. We need to get a soundboard here. Yeah, I know. See, that's why we need we need you guys on uh, buymecoffee.com. They know that. All right. <laughs> this is that that was a shameless plug. I'm, <laughs> I'm shilling for some monies. All right. Um, oh, there's some show bidding in this retro game market oh, I too. Believe that. We'll talk about that. All, All right. right. So my bolo is uh, Diablo 2. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, so I bought it. I talked about it on my last haul video, or not my last haul video, the haul video before. And I got it because that was a game I enjoyed. There's there's definitely a lot of nostalgia to Diablo 2. Well, I've been seeing it showing up on like my Google News, like stuff about Diablo 2. I'm like, what's going on here? Because I don't follow video games so very, very much. But the company that makes Diablo 2 is releasing, or maybe they just did or they're about to, one or the other, 
um, Diablo 2 to consoles. Like they remastered it. Okay. And I was like, I wonder if that's going to cause my game to sell like fast. And sure enough, like as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I wonder if I should raise the price. It sells for like my full price, which is about the price that I've been selling it for. But I'm noticing that the price is on old Diablo 2, especially like the Battle Chess Edition. So it's interesting. They've remastered. They've created a new one. But what that's done is it's created a bunch of hype. And there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, I can get this game on my console. But like, I remember I used to play it on the PC. And that'd be, and if they're looking for like the old school PC version, because you can get a remastered new game and maybe it's basically the same, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can get I can get Super Mario Brothers on, you know, my phone if I wanted to. Or I could sit down and play it on a NES. Yeah, true, true, and, true. And one just feels more authentic than the other, you know. So um, I would say if you if you can get your hands on some Diablo two stuff, that might be a game. Are you trying to manipulate the market now? Yeah, I've talking got, about I've this got, on the podcast. I've got thousands of Diablo two that I'm trying to sell off really quick, so I'm trying to pump the price up. Um, no, but I mean it's one of those things like game. I guess the bolo is anytime a company comes out with something and there's hype in the news about it that might be the time to like oh, yeah. jump on those items. Agreed. So yeah. it's time to sell too. Yep. Right. All right. So what my, you? my bowl is pretty What's generic, but I, I want to help people in Q4 and, and we'll talk about this probably more in our zoom. Uh, discontinued toys from the last few years. So I'm not talking about vintage toys. I'm not talking about the current hot toys, but try to find those things that sold well over the last few years. Now, this is really hard to find. I find that the best way to find this is through looking like at Facebook Marketplace or local deals. I mean, you're going to have to do some research, right? You're going to have to, you know, Google like hot toys of this year and you're going to actually have to find out did it really sell well. Like you might find Lubabella. So I'll give you Lubabellas because I, I don't know if that, those are even you're even able to find those. But three years ago, I posted this on Instagram. I think it was 2017. Lubabellas were these like talking animated dolls. And they're supposed to be the hot toy. There were some YouTubers that like had them in the back like this. They're like, can't wait to sell these. And guess what? They flopped. They did not sell. They cost, I think, like $90 to $100 each. Mm. And people ended up having to sell them. I think the top of the market might have been $150. But after fees and everything and shipping, you're making maybe $20, $30. Which is, if you do it on scale, is worth it. But that dropped. Eventually, it was just people were selling them at cost. And they're just trying to recoup their money. But then the next year, <laughs> it's funny if I say this and next thing you know, they end up everywhere. And so if, if you make a lot of money because of this, let me know. The next year, they ended up showing up in different locations. Now, I won't share the locations. I know some of you give me heat for that, but I want to protect you know, people that have their places to go to. But you were able to find these for like $50. And they were still selling for what they were selling for the Q4 before. 130 to $150, then you have nice profit. You know, that gives me an idea. And I thought about this before because there have been items that I bought for a Q4 or something. It's like buy 10 of them at at a Target or a Walmart and then they sell. And then like a year or two later, they don't make that item anymore and they're selling for significantly more than they were when I first sold Mm -hmm, them. mm -hmm. So there might be something said for like, if you're going to buy 10 of them, sell eight of them. And if you've got the space, store two of them, right? You've already made your profit. You've made some good money. And obviously this is speculative, but if you end up doing that over time, you might end up sitting on, on the next unopened, you know, $100,000 game or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause things, 
value of some things are going to go up. A lot of things, the value is going to tank. So oh, again, I do that with Legos all the time. I have a bunch of Legos that I bought two, three years ago and I'm not going to sell for like 10 years. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. And I think I heard something that made a lot of sense to me. And I think maybe it counts for this kind of stuff too. The saying was, if you can't buy something twice, you can't afford it. Right. So if you're thinking like, oh, I should buy this thing. And if you've saved up and you can like, I can just buy this thing or I can afford if you can't afford it twice, then you probably can't afford it. But that the, going along with that, it might almost be worthwhile. I'm going to buy one for me and I'm going to buy one to resell later. If, if yeah. this is something where the price can go up. And again, you could lose on those. But it's speculative. But there's some things that I think are pretty obvious that they'll send this. All you home. need. All you need is like one home run, like six or seven to break even. And then you can have three flops, you know, and you're fine. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So keep an eye out, discontinued toys. It's going to take some research, but if you can find access to them, I mean, I just sold something that at one time it was a hot toy and I, I found it somewhere for $20 and I just sold it for $350. Now, I can't share what that is because I'm, I'm looking for that item more, but there's money to be made there. So, all right, what are you looking forward to here, Mike? Garage sales. That's it. Just looking forward to getting out of garage sales next Just week. Sales. Saturday. If you're in the uh, if you're in the greater San Diego area, you might see me out at those garage sales because uh, last week I took pictures and I'm itching to uh, do some negotiating. Yeah, and you might see me for another month and then I'm ghost. Then it's back to retail arbitrage for Q4. Nice. What do you got? So the nice thing about being on a bigger property is that I can have a dedicated space to certain things. So I have a dedicated space for my eBay listings. I have a dedicated space for my shipping. You know, I have a dedicated space for all my shipping supplies. And now I'm trying to create a dedicated space for FBA packing. A place where like, you know, I just want to create a huge open space. I can just back up that van, take my inventory out, have the boxes ready, put them in the boxes seal the boxes, put the labels on, put them back in the van and move on. Like that would be so nice. Man, last year I had a condo and the worst was I waited to unpack my car till everybody was asleep. Cause you know, here's this guy and he has like all these toys, like, you know, coming out of his Honda Pilot. The neighbors are coming over with like a fruitcake to say hi to you. And they're like, they see everything you're unpacking. They just turn around and walk away. Like, yep, not great. It was funny because all the kids in the neighborhood you know, sometimes my door would be open because my kids would go outside and leave it open. And they were like, whoa, wh what's all that? And oh, man, you're going to get stowed. <clears throat> so I, you know, I'm, I, I am happy that I'm a, on a property that I really don't have people around me. Like it's 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 a really nice open space. So it'll be nice to be able to unload whenever and not have to worry about, you know, people looking and seeing what I have. But I want to have something that's efficient that I can quickly turn around. And um, also starting to search for the next hot Q4 items. I've already started over this last month. I've done some scouting. I think I have an eye on a couple of things. But you also have to remember, no one really knows till mid-October, end of October, what really that thing is. And sometimes you may not know till mid-November, right? But uh I really think things are going to start showing up here. So I'm looking forward to looking for that. So yeah, I like it. All right. Hey, hopefully we're able to, uh, you know, at least bring applicable knowledge and a lot of things we talked about, or at least entertain you guys. Either way, we love being able to record this podcast. All of you listening, tuning in, watching us on YouTube. We're grateful for all of you. And with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Late. Peace. <laughs>